Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson, and you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Guys, we got a great show today. Uh, interview with UCC competitor Chris Buheider. We're going to talk to Nick Pregnant about the Diesel Insights video series. And, of course, we're also going to get into a little bit of WC Fab discussion with our From Facebook segment. For today, I wanted to kick us off with a brief do's and don'ts from Exergy. Uh, unfortunately, you'll notice Chris was not able to join me for this. He was there for the interview, though, so don't worry, folks. Uh, he will be coming to the show. On our From Facebook segment, though, uh, we did get a message here very recently, and I just wanted to read it out and kind of talk to you guys about it. It's a pretty interesting um, and, I think, common question, so I'm going to try to pull that up now, and we will get it going. All right. Matthew Schmeider. Hi, I have an 03 LB7. I was looking for a WC Fab Stage 2 intake. By the looks of the pictures, it doesn't have a spot for the math. I was not sure if that's an issue. Uh, I do not have a tune on the truck and won't be getting EFI Live until I get a built tranny. Thanks in advance. <sighs> Matthew, this is, this is one that I get a lot where guys want to start adding parts in maybe what I would say an unnecessary order. Uh, if you're looking at an intake without a math from WC Fab, I think that stage two is like a five inch intake. I, I really would say that that would come after tuning. Number one, um, their intakes do come with a spot for a math. Uh, number two, if you were going to put a truck on with no math, you absolutely have to have custom tuning. So the math is the mass airflow sensor, uh, MAF right? That airflow sensor is going to limit the amount of fuel that's being sent to the truck. So if you pull the math out, it's not going to see any air coming. It's not going to send any fuel. So, so pretty, pretty basic there. You, you absolutely have to have a custom tune. I think there's a bigger picture here. And I think this is something that, that everybody would, would like to talk more about. And that's what's the correct order to build your truck in. And that, that's where we get into the, the do's and don'ts from Exergy. Don't jump the gun. Um, the intake might be something that you can afford right now. Uh, so you're thinking, Hey, jump on this right now. I'll do EFI live tuning after I build the transmission. But what you're doing is you're leaving all of this potential on the table by making that decision. So the do is, is do things in the right order, right? Uh, first thing you want to do is tune the truck and that's cause you're going to get the most bang for your buck. If you have to wait a little bit longer to get the tuning, still do the tuning first because what you're doing is you're, you're leaving even on an, a stock lb7 with a rough transmission you still could pick up 60 or 80 horsepower and you should be totally reliable uh, you might not want to run that 100 horsepower race tune but but why give up 60 or 80 horsepower so that you can do an intake first when the intake is really gonna maybe pick up five or ten horsepower especially on a stock tune i'd be surprised if you saw much if any gain uh, to be had there. So there, there's not really a, a large motivating factor to do that, especially a stage two intake right off the bat. Uh, number two, a lot of guys think, well, if I buy a tune before I built the transmission, I'm going to have to buy another tune after. It's a tune update, uh, so it's pretty affordable. I, I would say your average spade $750 to $800 for, for your stock transmission EFI live tuning with a DSP5 switch. It's going to give you, again, a ton of benefits uh, just right off the bat on your stock transmission. When you go to build your transmission, which is four to $6,000, depending on how you do it, 
at that point, you can throw another 125 bucks to your tuner to get a tune update. So, so then they'll rewrite all of your tunes for the built transmission. Now, that would be a good time to do your intake as well. Uh, and honestly, I don't know that I would get into a stage two intake before I did a turbo. So, so I might say, hey, that's stock LB7 intake. You could do some pretty basic mods to it to get all the same horsepower out of it as you would another part. So, so take time, do that research, look through the power recipes, don't jump the gun. Uh, EFI Live or any custom tuning, I know it's a, a pretty significant expense, but it's well worth it when you look at your dollar per horsepower. And, and I think that's something that I want to stress to guys. You know, be logical about the way you put these parts together. Uh, for, our, for a little bit more from WC Fab, we had a chance to be over at their shop uh, just a few weeks ago. Chris and Jason Worley had a chance to sit down and talk a lot about boots and elbows, which I thought was going to be a really boring topic, but I'll let you guys listen to it and you can see just how interesting something innocuous like boots and elbows can really be. We've, uh, we've definitely learned and learned what works and what doesn't work. Um, you know, as Chris mentioned, there's many different gauge thicknesses out there and there's a lot of companies out there that that sell intercooler pipes um, that shouldn't go on diesel trucks, in my opinion. Uh, they might work fine on a gas or application, making that 15 or 20 pounds of boost. But, you, you know, one thing, for example, is we'll, we'll talk about aluminum piping. Um, aluminum is nice because you don't got to worry about any, any sort of rust on the inside of the pipes. And in some applications, you could just put the pipe on your vehicle raw. You don't even have to powder coat it, even though most people would like to. Um, and we use all sorts of materials. We use stainless, we use mild steel, we use aluminum. And you know, as of lately, we're actually converting a lot of product over to aluminum, but we're not using the, the standard as most people have in the past of 16 gauge. The problem with 16 gauge aluminum and high boost applications is you go to put your T-bolt clamp on your silicone boot. And I know, I don't think anyone, I don't think I've ever seen anyone, and I know none of you probably do either, put a torque wrench on your T-bolt clamps. You just crank them down. Right. <laughs> and when you're cranking down a T-bolt clamp, you're gonna crank that sucker down until it stops cranking. And or, the problem it, or, it, with, or it blows out. Or it blows out. <laughs> or you strip it out. I mean, you want to keep your boost in. You don't want your boots blowing off. You know, obviously the bead rolls are there and that's important. But the issue with some of the thinner gauge aluminum, aluminum is obviously much softer. Um, you start cranking on that T-bolt clamp and it essentially will, will dent or cave in the pipe and essentially cause a boost leak, cause the boots to blow off. So what we've, what we've done recently with a lot of our product, um, uh, A for weight savings, and B for uh, rust for prevention is we, we've changed a lot of uh, intercooler piping over to aluminum, but we're not using 16 gauge, we're using 14 gauge. Okay. It's thicker and you're not gonna concave it. I mean, numerous occasions, numerous sizes, um, before going in the oven, after going in the oven because uh, aluminum can be annealed and become soft and hard through different processes. Uh, you will strip out a T-bolt clamp before you ever cave in or dent one of our intercooler pipes from tightening a clamp too much. So it's, it's a lot of, it's just like we mentioned earlier, um, you know, improving upon older product and just making things better as we go along and as we learn things. Um, you know, so, so the cost savings, aluminum is going to be a cheaper uh, material for us to buy versus say stainless steel. Stainless steel is your top tier, most expensive material you're going to buy. And, uh, you know, it's, it's tough shit but it's gonna raise the price of all this product that is already very expensive. Sure. Um, so we're able to keep prices the same or potentially even drop prices and 
offer you a, a better, longer lasting material that's not going to fail under these high boost applications that these trucks see. All right, and we're back from WC Fab. I hope you guys really enjoyed that uh, little snippet there of Chris and Jason talking more about uh, kind of some of the little things that go on behind the scenes when you're building, you know, single single turbo swap kits or twin turbo kits or triple turbo kits it's every little detail you, you know the clamps matter the boots matter you know where you put a, a 90 degree bend or a 45 degree bend it makes a difference what what clamps go there or what hard parts go there so so you got to be aware of of just the whole picture not just that one piece of getting you know things kind of like you want them it, it's got to all work and it's got to work for a long time uh, and speaking of working for a long time, that's something that Nick Pregnitz has been doing in this industry. Uh, Nick's the owner of Duramax Tuner Calibrated Power. He's been on the show probably more than any other guest because uh, we love to have him on here. And you guys love to hear him. So if you want more from Nick, uh, he does host a Diesel Insights video series over on the Duramax Tuner YouTube channel. There's 57 videos currently in that playlist. Uh, about every other week we release a new Diesel Insights videos. Nick's going to tell you a little bit about what these videos are about, and he's even going to recap one of our more recent ones for you. Diesel Insights is a chance for you to learn. We take broad topics, we take time, and we go over them. We tear them apart from the top down, really disseminate the information, do our analysis on it, let you see what we see as guys who are in it every day, guys who are troubleshooting, working with the products, driving new technology. You know, you get, to, you get to see the unadulterated look. It's, there's no polish. There's no frills. It's just this is what you need to know. This is going to make you more informed. And as a diesel owner, these are the things that you need to grab onto. Tuned versus stock on the F-150 diesel, the 3.0 liter. We do a ride-along here. We take Paul and myself in the truck and let him experience what the truck is like stock. Let him experience what the truck is like tuned. And comment on the things we touch, the things we don't touch, where the opportunities for improvement are in the stock calibration and what that feels like as you experience it in a tuned truck. You get to see Paul's reaction. Mostly good. All right, guys, I uh, hope you enjoyed that quick snippet there from Nick talking about the Diesel Insight series. Again, you can check that out at Duramax Tuner's YouTube channel. Uh, just head on over to YouTube and type in Duramax Tuner. It'll bring you right up to the channel. There is a playlist with all of the Diesel Insights videos together. If you want to watch them, there's 57 videos in that playlist right now, and that continues to grow. Again, about every other week, there's a new Diesel Insights video out there. Uh, for today, uh, we put it off till the end because we know you guys are going to be excited to hear them. We got Chris Buheider from Truck Source Diesel on the show talking to Chris and I about getting ready for Ultimate Callout Challenge 2019. All right, today's guest uh, will be no stranger to the podcast. We've definitely interviewed him before down here in Texas. Uh, Truck Source Diesel, Chris Buheider. Chris, how the hell are you? Oh, pretty good. How are you guys? You're pretty good. It's sunny and like 60 degrees here in northern Illinois, so... Um, I'm I'm happy. Yeah, <laughs> the weather finally that's broke pretty, for that's us. Pretty good for up there. <laughs> I know. What's the weather like down by you guys in Texas? Oh, it's mid seventies and a little cloudy today. Man, so. he's had a one up us, right? Pretty that's much. not even fair. No. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Uh, now, Chris, no. raining sucks. <laughs> uh, free car wash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Chris, you've been around the industry for a long time. Uh, just in case we have any new listeners out there, tell us a little bit about your history in diesel performance. Oh, man, that's, uh, that's a long time ago, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, I've always been into diesels. Um, growing up, when I was a kid, I uh, my dad had a 
had a diesel. Uh, it was an old, 80, I think it was an 86. Uh, F-250 had an old 6.9 in it, and it was back, definitely back before diesels were cool. But for some reason, I just I always liked it. And, uh, growing up, I just I always wanted one. And I ended up getting the, um, my first vehicle was a 92 Ford with a 7.3. And then uh, um, in college, I had a 7.3 Power Stroke and uh, did the whole Power Stroke game. Um, you know, bigger single shot injectors and a gear 38R turbo, and we ended up putting twins on it and stuff. And, uh, you went buck wild with it. Yeah, yeah, as buck wild as you can get with a 7.3, I guess. Oh, yeah. 400 <laughs> horse, man. You're fucking on the scene. Man, it ran a 13, and I thought it was the fastest thing I'd ever seen. I mean, even <laughs> in today's standards, like I know there's some nasty 7.3s out there, but a 13 second 7.3 is no slouch. That's, yeah. Got to be in like a top yeah, ten really category not. there. Exactly, you got to have some respect for it. Fuck yeah, you do. <laughs> I, I respect it. You still have that truck? No, I don't. Oh. I sold it to one of my buddies. Uh, he he still has it actually. No shit. Um, still in the circle. Yes. Wow. It's got about thirty inches of lift on it. Uh, he did a uh, two and a half ton military axles. It's got fifty two inch tires. <laughs> it, uh, it's a he, he went a different way with the build, huh? Truck. I, I, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I assume it still doesn't run 13s then. <laughs> but it actually, um, it's still, he ended up building a motor for it, and um, it still has the twins on it and everything. And uh, believe it or not, it ran, I think it was like a 14.9 um, that it ran. He, he actually ran it on the huge tires and everything in a, in a little local open house thing that we did at the track a couple Jeez, years ago. Holy so, shit. Now that yeah, sounds like a big fun. mud truck, but yeah. I don't. I think it's been in the mud once, and usually it's end up doing burnouts with it anytime he gets it out. So no alcohol involved or anything, though, right? <laughs> Honestly, not. Okay. It just happens that way. <laughs> Very cool. Now, Chris. Now, uh, speaking of racing, you've been around the racing scene for a while. Um, God, I guess it'd be crazy to ask how many races you've been in, but how long have you been at the the higher levels of diesel performance? You know, I guess um, I guess it was probably like 2013-14 when we started hitting up some of the NHRDA events. Um, and then it was around then where I decided I wanted to build a truck to compete in the Super Street classes. At the, at the time, it was kind of the hottest, you know, up-and-coming class. And I liked it because they were still um, trucks, you know, factory frame, um, you know, not back half, not tub. I mean, they were, you know, four-wheel drive still trucks that made quite a bit power so i think it was uh 15 was the first year we actually started trying to hit up all the races and you know doing the points chase and everything so you, you said you started getting into this in 2013 2014 do you still have that same like chassis that the the shell like the truck itself is that the same thing you use to this day same truck okay and what is that same, let's let's get into thing. that it's a 2000 uh, f350 and it was a 7.3 and uh, the the truck with the you know the big monster truck we were talking about a minute ago, um, the twins and everything, uh, it actually came out of the out of my race truck. Now I did race it for a while uh, when it had it as a as a seven three. Okay. And uh, you know we got it down into the into the low twelves, and it still had a lift kit on it at the time. And um, we would you know we take it to the the racetrack one weekend and the next weekend the. Local mud drags would be open, and we would take it out there 
Um, he put some man set of wheels with some super swamper, super swamper boggers on it, and it was just more of a we'd race it, but it was a, just a local something to go have fun in truck. And then when we uh, started, you know, following the NHR, yeah, I realized that that's, you know, six hundred horse as fun as it was does not cut it in an actual competitive diesel drag racing. So um, ended up getting a uh, we did a come and swap. I put a twelve valve in it um, just because that's at the time that's what you know the mechanical Cummins that uh, they had all the records still and yep. it was. You know, hey, it's the Chevy small block in the diesel world. You know, everybody can make one that makes a bunch of power. The parts are readily available. And uh, I put a 12-valve in it and hated it. (laughs) I don't even think it made it a year. (laughs) And uh, I was was about to put the 7.3 back in it, in all honesty. And uh, I had a common rail motor, a 0607 59 common rail motor, and ended up putting putting that in it. And that is... You know, I guess morphed into what it is now. So, well, I guess. Um, yeah. yeah, same truck, still factory frame and axles and everything. Just real quick, tell me, what didn't you like about the 12 valve? I don't know. It's uh, smoky and hot and jumpy and lopy and just, it's just older technology, you know. There's uh, no great way to tune one compared to what you can in the electronic motor. I felt like it it smoked and sounded like a thousand horse, but it was still like six hundred horse. So, seven three at least idled nice and drove nice. So, <laughs> so you're saying it was jumpy? You're, you don't like throttle cables or what? Like what's the what's the deal here? Chris is no, getting offended over here. He's he's getting butt hurt real quick. Take it easy, Chris. Take so it easy. Like, everybody's uh, you know driven a 12 valve with a set of four k's in it right you oh, yeah. bump this wrong and you kind of oh. do the paul you know, the, paul hasn't paul's a novice polo. <laughs> so uh, i don't know if if a lot of i guess not a lot of people would have experienced this but the throttle arm on a people short but throttle pedal in a dodge truck is very long to get all the, the range of motion yep well in a ford when you swap one into a ford it is the other way around. You'll, you'll usually use the gas pedal out of like a V8 or V10 truck. Well, their throttle body, the arm on the throttle body was really long, but the pedal was really short. So when you put the really short pedal with the really short throttle lever on a P-pump, it amplifies that times 10. Oh, yeah. So you just be cruising down the highway and hit an expansion joint, and then there you go, looking like an idiot. You know, it looks like you're just, you know, pumping the brakes going 100 miles an hour. <laughs> you're inbound coming off the ground, so... It was pretty brutal. Okay, okay, I dig it. So, the, so you got into the common rail really for the drivability and, and like you said, just a better round of technology. Uh, so a little bit more access to everything, a little bit better control, or a lot better control over everything uh, with those two comparisons. What'd you do for turbos and injectors? What is uh, what's your air system look like? So right now, it's um, they're all last year. We ran a, a new triple kit that we had built. Um, it's uh, GTX 55, a 94 millimeter um, on uh, Gen 2 on the manifold, and then two 488 SXEs, and uh, that's what we ran at ECC last year on uh, their SNS. Uh, I guess they call them a 450%, and then two 12 mil pumps, 
the fuel the fuel setup on the truck has honestly been the same for probably the past three four years. Oh wow! And uh, we used, we used to run triple S four hundreds on it, and last year we went to the to the bigger bigger triple setup, and uh, we went to a solid solid block, and it's uh, one of the freedom freedom built the engine, and uh, man, it makes lose the power, and uh, we just, we started tearing up driveline parts, and uh, the truck's always been real consistent. We've, you know, broken a lot less parts than a lot of other guys that we've competed with have, and we were never always the fastest, but we were competitive, and we would, we would usually do pretty well because of our consistency, and uh, the truck got faster than it ever been, but it, it lost its consistency, so um, this year for the drag racing, we're probably going to take the atmosphere turbos off, tested a little bit over the winter, uh, with a single just running just the GT fifty five and it it uh, it still makes good power. Uh, we'll put a little nitrous on the truck and um, you know, hopefully we can make a little bit more manageable power and ditch a little bit of weight by not having as much uh, you know, new turbos and um, hopefully it's a little easier on the drive line. So is the thought process going into, I mean, for the listeners, you know, a GT55, that, that's a serious turbocharger, guys. I mean, very rarely are you going to find that in, like, a normal street it's truck. It's a 94 mil compressor yeah, on that. They're, they're big. Um, <laughs> and as the manifold charger is concerned, is the thought process here, you know, you, you said for the drag race. So I would assume you would incorporate the triples in the dyno event, right? That would make sense. Yeah, um, absolutely. And then for, like, you know, what's the thought process around the sled pulling? You know, run it as a single, run it as the triples? What are you thinking there? You know, I haven't got there yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, guess, I guess we'll see. Um, I guess we'll see how it goes. And uh, um, I honestly believe that it, you know, last year we pulled with the triples. And uh, it was the, the first time, the first our first pull last year, and the first time I'd ever pulled the sled. In oh my god! Yep. And uh, the you know the second was the the second pull was the second time, and the next time you know when we pull UCC, that's going to be my third. So I don't know much about sled pulling. It's and it's not even big down here in South Texas. It's, there's a little bit of like antique tractor pulling, but there's not there's just, it's just not a thing down here. So our knowledge is, is pretty limited, and uh, you know uh, Chase Lee's he, he's He's been very helpful since we teamed with them, you know, helping us out with the motor. And, um, you know, after uh, we had a pretty short conversation after the first pull, and uh, he basically said um, you could probably take a little bit of power out of it. So <laughs> I, I, I think we have plenty. You know, I, I honestly feel like probably 1,300, 1,400 of the tires in one of these kind of trucks is probably going to pull as well as 2,000. Um you know, we just don't have the, you know, UCC truck is still, when it comes to sled pulling, it's the lightweight, you know. I mean, we're, we, we're not going to pull like, uh, you know, like one of Shite's awesome pulling trucks. We don't have the axles for that or the, the tires for that or anything like that. So I, I think we can definitely overpower the track. And I, I feel like we need to run a little less power than we did and uh, be able to manage the traction and actually focus on pulling the sled, not just, sticking the foot on the floor and figuring, oh, it's got enough power, it'll, it'll do something cool. <laughs> I mean, you just kind of hit the nail on the head, you know, people, you know, and, and just in a, in a daily scenario, you know, day-to-day, yeah. oh, this much power, this much power, the truck makes this much power. Well, just because it makes that much power doesn't necessarily mean that the guys are operating 
their truck at that power at the drag strip or at the sled pull because there's a there's a value in being able to harness that power to the ground itself to get that vehicle in motion. Well, I, and I wanted to back up to that. So you had mentioned cutting back to a single turbo for the drag racing. Uh, why not turn the tune down? Why, why not? Why go through? So is the weight is that much of two S488s? I mean, they got a little bit of weight, but overall to the and truck. probably a few hundred pounds that they're saving there. Yeah. At least. Is, the, is that it? Does Those it just come down to that? So the two turbos... Um, the two atmospheres and the bracket, oil lines and everything, was like, I think it was like 180 pounds. We weighed it when we took it off. Okay. Um, the biggest thing is, is when we run the triples, it, you know, it obviously makes north of 100 PSI. And you pretty much have to run the air to water in order to hold that kind of pressure uh, with any kind of longevity. Um, we haven't had good running high pressures on the air to air because the cooling off the core just has to be so big. And the tanks end up being big, and I mean, you put 100 psi in a in a tank like that, and it you have issues blowing the tanks off. So I think where the biggest weight savings will be is if we can go back to an air to air and not have to have the water tank with 15 gallons of water in the pumps, and the lines, and all the water too. I I think it'll all together probably three four hundred pounds of weight savings, and um, you know, with the uh, between the motor with a little bit more displacement. Um, and in those triples, I mean, it, the power comes on instantly. And I think we'll have an easier time being able to manage the power at the track um, with the with the single than it gives us options to, you know, with the nitrous, we can adjust power over time, not just with the tune, but with the nitrous. You know, we can bring the nitrous over over time, over speed, over, over what have you. So it'll be a little easier to control as well. Awesome. Okay, no, that that's a really good explanation. I dig it. Um, now, with with so little sled pulling experience, you you clearly feel really confident on the drag race, and the dyno is is something I feel like you guys probably have a good plan for. Um, where do you think that puts you in the field of competition? You know, it, it, it's um, it's tough. The uh, so the drag racing this year is not just. Uh, about Hail Marys and who can go the fastest. It's half of the points are going to be from it's going to be actual drag race brackets, and you know there'll be a winner and you'll get half your points from that. And then half the points will go for how fast you know of a pass that you made throughout the day. And so you know on drag race anything can happen. Yeah, I mean we we could go out there and be number one qualifier and heck yeah we'll get you know some killer points. But uh, you know first pass pulled tires off of it. And, and get beat by the number 30 qualifier. And, you know, yeah, we're the fastest, but we're middle of the pack at that point. So I think the drag racing changed it up to, to anybody has as good a chance as anybody. I think the guys that will do the best at the drag racing are the ones that are consistent and can, uh, you know, make, make, make pass and not break a lot of parts and be fast when they need to be fast, but, you know, focus more on consistency. I, I feel like that'll that'll probably end up doing the best for the racing. Um, the dyno's still the dyno. I mean, throw the kitchen sink at it and make as much power as you can possibly make. Um, we've never made the most power. Um, I feel like now with our new combo, we, we are more competitive. You know, I don't think we're going to get blown away. Um, I think we'll, we'll finish well on the dyno as long as everything runs like it's supposed to. Um, I don't foresee winning the dyno by any means. There's some pretty heavy hitters that are 
uh, have already made a ton of power and they're shooting for even more. So, um, and then flood pulling, yeah, to me, that's just the variable. Like, we we learned a lot from our first to our second pull. We did a lot better on the second pull, but it's still, it, you know, it's a, it's a variable. And again, you know, somebody can go out there with a, that has a ton of flood pull experience and maybe they'll throw the drive shaft out of it as soon as they pull the chain height. You just don't. Yeah, you don't know. So I, honestly, I think this year's going to be more of a toss-up as it has been any year. Yeah, we, we've seen a couple of guys show up and really surprise the crowd with uh, completely swapping over components on the truck, right? It looks like a totally different vehicle coming out to the sled pull track with dualies in the back oh, and, yeah. and uh, big monster cut tires yeah. and things like that. So there's not really a ton of rules around, like, you know, our traditional Midwest I would say almost over-regulated sled pulling. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always really interesting for us to go there to UCC and see some of the wild shit that guys come up with where, like, you would never see that at a sanctioned right. pull. Um, but, but like you said, they you have to do good through all of the events. Now, you guys were there last year. You guys put up a hell of a competition. Where did you end up placing in uh, 2018? I believe we ended up fourth fourth place that, that's why i say like these these guys are yeah. already in in a top four spot coming back to ucc for your second time um with only two pulls ever well and let's point out <laughs> he's bringing up the dyno you know and he's like oh there's heavy hitters chris you're a heavy hitter you, you, have, you have the fourth spot there's a fucking target on your back. right <laughs> like, right a massive triple turbo <laughs> setup 450 percent injectors dual 12 mil pumps yeah. what are you estimating for power out of your truck I think we did, uh, I think it was like 2238 or 2228 or something last year. I would like to improve upon it. Last year, our our limiting factor was uh, we were just out of pump. Um, I mean, those two 12 mils, I mean, they made a lot of power for two pumps, you know, but we just, that was our limiting factor. I mean, we turned the tune up until we were taking pressure and we, we uh, we sprayed it until it, it was clean and it just didn't gain any more power. And so I think we need a little bit more fuel. Um, I don't plan on going nuts with it just because we've finally gotten to where we're comfortable with the setup and have some experience. So for the rest of the competition, I don't want to completely reinvent the wheel. But, um, you know, I, I would hope we can improve upon what we did last year. Um, you know, but there's a, again, there's going to be a, there's going to be some, some, some setups that make ours look like, uh, you know, look like junior varsity. So uh, I don't know, there man. will be some huge numbers put down. So with you <laughs> saying, you know, last year the truck had two 12 mil pumps, you're going to go with a little bit more fuel. I can only assume that you're going to swap out one or both or maybe add a third injection pump, whatever the case may be. Is the truck together right now, Chris? Yeah, yeah, it is. We actually raced it two or three weeks ago uh, okay. down at the uh, Suncoast Hardway race. Very cool. Okay. Okay. Now here's the million dollar question. What are your predictions going into this year? Oh, as far as UCC, just overall? Yeah, yep. UCC, yourself. I mean, goals, you want to be better than you were last year, right? Where do you see yourself? Where do you see the top of the pack? Um, you know, I, I honestly think uh, UCC is a toss-up. I think they're um, – I, I truly believe that anybody – has a chance that shows up with a good game plan, and I mean, there's, yeah, I mean, if I if there was a, if, you know, Vegas had a book on this, I really believe that there'd be ten people that have the same odds, um, because anything can happen, and there, I, I truly believe 
that there's 10 people that can go out there and win it. Um, so I, I, I'm as interested as anybody to see, see who does win it. Um, anybody that's done UCC, that, I mean, there's, there is something to be proud of of just making it there. I mean, it is, until you do it, nobody understands the amount of work and dedication that goes into it um, to just, to, just to make it there. I mean, it is quite the task. And, um, you know, I, I, I honestly don't know who's going who's gonna to win it. Um, I can tell you I wish that uh, LeVon was doing it this year. Um, that I was a little disappointed when he wasn't doing it, although I completely understand why he wasn't. Um, I was just disappointed because he, by him being there, that elevates the level of competition. And, I mean, he is the guy to beat. So, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, I, I wish he, he was doing it. Um, just for just for that sake, but I I really believe anybody has a chance. There you go. You heard it here, listeners. Chris Buhider calling out Levon. Wish he was there so he could beat him. <laughs> you heard it right here on the spot. Diesel Performance Podcast. Breaking news. Oh, feud forming within the diesel performance industry. Paul, no one gives a shit what you say. <laughs> <laughs> but there is some truth, you know, no, Chris. That, just that, real quick here. I mean, whoever wins. It's not, oh, they're UCC winner 2019. It's, no, what would have happened? There would be the wild card. Well, if LeVon was there, then what? Like, that's what this, would have, that's what this year's going to be. I mean, I, I don't – yeah, okay, so I don't disagree that there, there will be, like, that question mark, yeah, right, of, like, be. what would have happened. Uh, I think in the future we'll see LeVon come back oh, to this. Sure. And then, and then we'll, we'll see that question answered, yeah. right? So, so everybody will get a fair yeah. shake. What I can Absolutely. say for sure, uh, Chris Buhider, thank you so much. Truck Source Diesel, man, coming in in a big way. We're really excited to see you guys at UCC. Who do you want to give a shout-out to? Oh, man. I'm a uh, <laughs> – uh, man, all of our sponsors are, are awesome. Um, you know, the guys over at S&S take care of us on all the fuel stuff. Um, the uh, Obviously, Chase, the guys over at Freedom and Police, um, they built a hell of a motor. Uh, Dave at One Up Off Road, um, he's been invaluable um, helping us. We still have, but all the little things that he's taught us along the way and helped us to, to me, that has helped us tremendously. Um, uh, Rick over at uh, Parks Engine Service, uh, he's a uh, local to us. Um, you know, he helps us with some day to day stuff. Um, he built the motor that we've ran up until last year and that we still have in the truck. Um, you know, as a, as a backup. Um, He's built a hell of an engine and been extremely helpful with, uh, to us. Um, guy over at SoCal, um, he always helps us out. Um, he, you know, he's, he's been very valuable. He's been around racing a long time, so even just his, his knowledge on competition in general has, has been helpful. Um, Brian, the Brian Struck Shop BTS, he's built the trans for us. It's the only trans uh, 4100 that's been in the truck um, ever since I bought it, and he's uh, He's built a hell of a trans for us and always has us ready to go. And um, I feel like he builds the most consistent trans out there. Um, I think that's about all I can remember. I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out, but <laughs> yeah, those, are the, those are the ones that I can think of. Well, we don't have a lot of listeners, Chris, so you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listeners, uh, if you if you are one of our seven listeners. Yeah, eight, eight, uh, it's eight now. <laughs> oh, eight now. Yeah. Please, please send us a Facebook message. Uh, let us know if you're going to be at UCC. We're going to be really excited to meet all of you guys. Mm-hmm. We'll be floating around there May 3rd, 4th, and 5th in Brownsburg, Brownsville, Indiana. Brownsburg. Brownsburg? Are you Brownsburg. sure? Brownsburg. Are you sure? 
It's not Brownsville, bud. It's Brownsburg. Okay. Allegedly Brownsburg, Indiana. Here. Yeah, see? They have a Brownsville there. So I'm saying that's that that's thing. not Brownsville. That's not Brownsville. I don't even know what you're saying, Chris. All right, I'm guys. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Paul. And Chris. Thanks for listening. We're out. The Diesel Performance Podcast is brought to you by Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTuner.com. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped calibrations for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Powerstroke, John Deere, Case, New Holland, and many more. For more information and great customer service, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. No, I'm, I'm a loud talker, so I should be pretty loud in your headphones. Dude, you just make my fucking ears bleed. You love it.